Subfusion. You guys feeling all right tonight? You guys have a good weekend? Dang, not that many of you had a good weekend. It's all good, I'm not mad at that. You guys enjoying the rain outside? Rain is a beautiful thing when your perspective is right. That's not what tonight's message is about though. I wanna tell you guys a little bit about my story. In 2015, I was at a really pivotal point in my life. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with the next season of my life. I was working at a job that was seemingly providing a lot of financial security. How many of you guys enjoy your job? Okay, okay, how many of you guys feel pretty secure at your job? Okay, okay, somebody got a good job in here. I'm not mad at it. I had a decent job. I was actually training under somebody. They were training me to take over their business. This was a multi-million dollar business. How many of you guys would not mind owning a multi-million dollar business? That's how I was feeling. I wouldn't mind owning a multi-million dollar business. However, during the course of time that I was there, I was training there, I was consistently seeing inconsistencies in what the lifestyle was calling for for that job and what Jesus was calling me to. Now, I started here at Victory in 2013, started as a member, I mean. In 2013, I rededicated my life to God after pursuing my own dreams, my own passions, and I said, God, whatever you wanna do with my life, I'm down for it, let's do it. I got invited to train under this great business person, and he was training me to take over the company, so I'm like, okay, God, this is what you have for me. To own a multi-million dollar company, I'm not mad at it. I can deal with that. However, during the course of me actually working there and what I was being trained in, there were some compromises that were suggested along the way. So I started seeing all these inconsistencies like do whatever you need to do to close the sale. That means pay whoever you need to pay. That means sleep with whoever you need to sleep with. That means do whatever you need to do to close the sale. Things got real serious real quick. That's how it was. Imagine training and being like, okay, I'm about to be set for life. And then you're starting to see these inconsistencies and your first reaction is saying, I can manage this. I'm just not gonna do that. I'm gonna be okay. I'm just going to follow Jesus and he's blessing me with these millions of dollars, not mad at it. If I gotta deal with turning down some stuff, it's not that big of a deal. But how many of you guys know it is that big of a deal? Because temptation is a lot of times a lot stronger of a pull than we give it credit for. And so 2015 happens, the summer of 2015, I'm at like the, the pinnacle of making this decision. I've been going back and forth with God, saying, God, is this you? Is this not you? Is this you? Is this not you? Because it seems like it could be you because I can make such a difference in the world with millions of dollars. Take care of my family, take care of people, give to the needy. Seems like something that you would want. We can, we can build your kingdom, Jesus. Finally got to the point where God is like, I've been saying that this is not the final answer. This was a stop along the journey. 
Now for me, it wasn't easy to accept that. So that's why it took me a while. So fast forward, I'm in summer of 2015 saying, okay, God, I hear you. I know what you're saying. I know that you're saying that this was a stop on the journey and now it's time to pivot and go in another direction. I was on the phone with the person who was training me to take over this company, telling him, hey, I feel like God has taken me in another direction. This is somebody who had no faith in God, no concept of, a, of God. It was, we do what we gotta do, we get this money, and life is great. We're able to attain what we wanna attain, control what we wanna control. So when telling him, he's like, are you crazy? Nobody gets opportunities like this. You don't understand. See, this is the problem with your generation. You guys just don't understand. What are you gonna go do? You're just gonna go work for somebody? You're gonna go get a job? I'm offering you ownership. Y'all remember when Satan took Jesus on this cliff and says, look at all these kingdoms. I can give them to you if you just bow down and worship me. Now, most of us see that as like, of course, Jesus isn't going to go bow down and worship Satan. None of us are going to just, if Satan shows up, we're not going to be like, oh, we're going to bow down and worship you, Satan. Nobody thinks like that, but he's not dumb either. So what he does is he's not so much worried about you focusing on him. If he can take your focus off of God... That's the mission, because then your focus is on him and you don't even realize it. He doesn't need you to do his plan. He just needs you to not do God's plan. And that's his plan. So I'm on the phone with this guy, telling him, God's taking me another direction. I know it sounds crazy, whatever. We were on the phone for like three, four hours, just going back and forth. And him, genuinely, he was genuinely concerned because he wasn't, he had no concept of Jesus, of making this decision for God. All he knows is the security that he finds in his money. So he, in, in, with good intentions, is telling me, you're making a terrible decision. Finally, we get off the phone. I had made my decision. I open up the YouVersion Bible app just to see if there's a word for me. And there happens to be the verse of the day Amen for the verse of the day. Don't you love the verse of the day? It truly was the verse of the day. Psalm 1 said, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and he meditates on it day and night. That person is like a tree planted by the riverbanks. So that's been a life scripture for me since that moment. I ended up leaving there in July 2015. I hadn't been in victory in a little while because I was living in another city. I moved back. I say, I immediately want to get plugged back into victory. I came, got plugged into victory. I started going to fusion, and then I got invited to serve with the high schoolers at the Capitol, I said, these little kids need me because I've made some crazy decisions in life 
and they need some type of mentorship. So I spent a few years working there. Now, fast forward, well, not working there. I was serving there, volunteering there. I've told you guys some of the story. I was doing personal training, real humbling experience. All that stuff leads me to this point. And as I was studying for tonight's message, I was asking God, what do you want to talk about? And this is funny thing. I, I pray, and sometimes, most of the time, I ask God a question, and he answers it before I'm done asking the question. That sounds like, ooh, but it's annoying sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, can you not? I'll be like, hey, God, boom. I was, I had a question. I know you know what I'm going to say, but then sometimes that makes me feel like it's just me saying it because I just get this word popping up in my mind. But every time I follow what that word is, Oh, it leads to something that leads to something that leads to something, and it's always him. So I said, God, what do you want me to study? Jeremiah. I said, okay. I guess you knew the question I was going to ask. Jeremiah it is. So I start studying in Jeremiah, and I come across a scripture that I had not studied before that was so similar to this life-changing scripture I had run across in this pivotal time in my life. Jeremiah 17, five through eight. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. The New International Version in verse 8 says, They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. So it's interesting. In these two different passages of Scripture, God compares people and where they place their trust to trees. He starts off saying, when you place your trust in human strength, if I would have listened to the counsel of the ungodly saying, this is where your security is, all this money is where your security is, this is where your significance is, that I would have been like a shrub out in the desert. But me putting my trust in the Lord is like planting myself by a riverbank. I would say your roots are planted where your trust is placed. Your roots are planted where your trust is placed. And you're like, I don't even know what my roots are. I feel you. The interesting thing about roots that I find fascinating about roots is you can't see them. If I look at a tree, 
I see bark, I see branches, I see leaves, I see fruit. Similar to if I look at you, I might see what you're wearing, your appearance, I might see your friends, your relationship, I might see the car you drive, the home you live in, all these things, but I don't know what's going on underneath the surface. The tree, what you see above the surface is the result of what's going on underneath the surface and the type of tree, the height that it gets to, the width, the type of fruit that it bears all depends on the roots and what the roots are doing underneath. I would say that you, the decisions that you're making, the things that I see in your lives are a result of something going under, on underneath the surface that determines the decisions that you make. The friends that you choose is driven by where you place your trust in. That's where your roots are going down into. The person you choose to spend your life with is a result. It's determined by what's going on underneath the surface. The home you live in, the car you drive, the job that you work at. Some of y'all said, yeah, I have a great job. That's awesome. But how was it determined? Where were your roots planted down to build that? God says that when you put your trust in human strength, you're like a tree out in the desert. However, when you put your trust in him, you're like a tree planted along a riverbank. Why is that? We actually have a picture of a tree that's planted by a riverbank. Look at this. So fruitful, green foliage. You see the roots right there, but what's not so important is how the tree looks. Look at what it's next to. An endless source of what it needs. So the roots are going on down deep under the surface and drawing from an endless source. That's why it says when the heat comes, the tree's not worried because it has its sustenance underneath. When the drought happens, trees need water to survive. So how is it surviving in a drought? Well, when it's planted by its source and the roots are going down deep, it has everything that, it's need, that it needs. When life is bringing the heat, when life is bringing the drought, God is saying when your trust is in him, when your trust is down deep in Jesus, you have everything that you need and you will endure. But when it's not, you're like a tree that's out in the desert. He actually says a shrub out in the desert. We have a, we have a picture of a desert tree right here. Boom, that's what you look like. <laughs> Thinking you look like the first one. You know those, those pictures are like, this is what I thought I looked like and what you really look like <laughs> is this right here. You look crazy. Because the funny thing is that tree, oh, it grew in the desert. It can grow. A tree can send down its roots far enough to hit some underground water sources and it'll grow. And you see, I mean, if somebody needed shade in the desert or something, you know, it can go under that tree. It could serve a little purpose. But what's the point of growing in a place you weren't called to? 
What's the point? God is saying you are called to be planted in him. You are called to put your trust in him. That's the place where you're supposed to be, right next to that endless source. You saw that tree was right up on the water. That's where Jesus wants you, right up on the water, right up on Jesus. Every morning, we talked last week about how the priest had to keep the fire burning in the temple by adding wood every morning. Jesus wants you up close every morning. If this is the river, I'm... Jesus, you good? You got the perfect temperature. I got everything that I need. He wants you to put your trust in him. He wants to be your source. But there are so many things in life that are competing for this. And this is really the battle that we face more than anything, is where are you gonna put your roots down? This is the battle that we see going on in the world. People's lives are a result of where they're putting their trust. And their roots are going down into that trust and it's causing them to grow. But where are you growing? Again, I mean, we, most of us are in a phase in our lives where we're making so many important decisions. We're, we're making so many of us the decision on who we're gonna be with, who our friends are is more important than ever, where we're gonna live, where we're gonna work. How many of you guys have asked, God, am I supposed to be at this job? <laughs> at least you're asking. Seriously, that's something that you're gonna have to deal with, that's, that's part of life, it's, but it's part of your roots being down in Jesus, is saying, God, am I supposed to, is this your will? And not saying, okay, what kind of life do I want to live? And then determining it based on that, or going based on what other people are doing and determining it based on that, competing with people. Oh, well, my friend, he got this job and he's making this amount of money. I'm not trying to be the broke friend in the group. So I'm, I, I got to get it. And God is like, your life has nothing to do with, with his job. Where I've placed you is for where I'm taking you. You don't make your decisions based on these frail foundations. Jesus talked about building a house, and he was talking about building your life. He said, the person who listens to me is like one who builds their house on a rock so that when the storms come and the winds and the rains beat on it, it won't fall down. But the person who doesn't listen to me, the person who doesn't seek the counsel of God is like someone who builds their house on sand. And so when the winds come, when the rains come, it falls down. How many of you guys realize that he said when the rains come? When the winds beat on it. So many of us are looking for, for a life with Jesus that says, Jesus takes the winds away. Jesus takes the rains away. That's a lot of times the, the gospel that we've heard preached. That's not the gospel that Jesus preached. He said, when you have your foundations in me, 
When you sink your roots down deep into me, it doesn't matter what comes your way, you will be able to endure because I am an endless source of everything that you need. All right, so let's make this practical. There are three areas that I wanna talk about tonight that are competing with God for your trust. The first one is money. Money is competing with God for your trust. And that's what was going on in the story that I told you. That was real life. That was a pivotal point in life. I mean, how many of you guys know that three years later, I could still be there and I could be running this company, but I would have been a tree out in the desert. I would have been growing, feeling like I was doing something, but away from the true source. Money is competing with God for your trust. Jesus actually says in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You see, he gave two options, but they're the same thing. You can't serve both of them. You can't love both of them. You have to love one and hate the other. You have to be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. But how many of you guys know that that's easier said than done? Sounds good. But these prayers, I can't submit that to the bill company. I can't write them a prayer. I'm not going to lie. There were times in my life, forgive me, forgive me. I thank you that God has forgiven me for when I said, God, I understand that you're the provider. God, I understand that. I think I understand that. I hear that. I'm not going to say I understood. I heard it. I've heard that. This bill, though. <laughs> this bill, <laughs> it's got to be paid with money. And so I'm, I'm hesitating to even tell y'all because it sounds crazy. However, I say, God, the way I'm feeling right now, I don't want to open up my Bible unless there's a check in there. I don't want any more word. Has anybody ever felt that way before? I was wrong, though. I was wrong. God is so far above these minute situations that we exalt in our lives. Like, God, this bill, my cell phone bill. Where are you, God of the universe? And he's like, really? So AT&T got you shook. You scared now. 
God of the universe, AT&T got you scared. Okay. That's how we look. But it's because these messages are coming in nonstop. You got to get this money. You go on Instagram. Oh, my gosh. And it just seems like everybody has the money they need. Does it not? Bro, you in Italy? How? Man, he got that car. Man, she's in Jamaica. Everywhere. She in the Philippines. Bora Bora, you know it. Y'all hadn't even heard of Bora Bora till you seen it on Instagram. Now you want to go to Bali. Hadn't even seen it. It's competing because you look at that and you say, oh, how do I get that? Oh, I need some money. Jesus ain't taking me to Bali. I need some money. And God's like, I'm trying to do something in your life. I'm an endless source of everything you need. And we're chasing all this stuff. These things that can't provide anything for you are constantly competing. And they're winning in your life. When I've been faithful, consistent, Powerful, everything that you are still alive. Everything that you've been through, you're still here. You can clap for that. You're still here. Everything that you've been through, yet you are still here. And yet every time something comes up, we'd be like, oh, here goes something else. If it ain't one thing, it's another. And God's like, yeah, that's how life works. However, I'm an endless source of everything you need. And when your roots are planted in me, when your trust is in me, it doesn't matter what comes your way. When the heat comes, you're not scared of it. When the drought comes, nobody else has rain, nobody else has water, but where are you? You are right up on the water. Everything that you need. The government does not have what you need. Your job does not have what you need. The government is a tool that God can use to bring you what you need if he wants to. Your job is a tool that God can use to bring you what you need. But he is sovereign. He is supreme. You cannot serve two masters. And why would you want to? Who's better than Jesus? What is money going to do for you, really? This, that's one of the beautiful things that I learned when training in that company is I was around a bunch of miserable people with money, which made it very easy. I'm not going to say easy. Let me retract that statement. <laughs> Cut that out the recording. It was not easy, but it made it easier and it made it clearer what the decision was that I needed to make 
when I saw that they were out in the desert. Like, you got this house, you got these cars. Your kids, they are in private school. They hate you. <laughs> you kind of hate them. Because the roots aren't down in Jesus, who is God is love. When you're not rooted in that, if you're rooted in yourself or rooted in money, what's money going to tell you to do with your morals? Money cannot provide a moral compass for you. If, if anything, it destroys your moral compass. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Yet we submit to it all the time. And we say, God, I feel you. I'm going to get to you once I get this money. God wants to be your source. God is your source. The other thing that's going on under the surface, regardless of whether you put your trust there, your life comes from God. The root of your heartbeat is God. You woke up this morning because God determined that you should wake up this morning. You were created because God breathed life into you. Will he not do more than that for you? Would he create you for no reason? No, he says that before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were ever born, God had a plan for you. He's been your source. But how many of us walk away from the source? Because that's what ends up happening. That's how you end up out in the desert. You're not trying to go to the desert. Nobody's like, hey, I want to plant my life out in a desert. No, we try to plant ourselves in something that seems like it's going to bring us security. But throughout all the messages that we hear from family, from friends, from media, from all these things, man, we just start inching away. Oh, I'm going to take this job because I need the money. Not going to pray to God because I feel like he might say no. So <laughs> next thing you know, out in the desert. But money cannot provide the life that God has called you to. The second thing, you are competing with God for your trust. You. You're like, me? Me. Yes. You are constantly competing with God for your trust. You know, what's interesting, I, I felt like God led me to Jeremiah for this reason, because it says a lot of the same stuff that it says in Psalm 1, except after he talks about the trees. The next verse is verse 9. He says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Your heart is competing for your trust. And God is like, man, that thing is deceitful above all things. Yet what do we hear all the time? Follow your heart. What is, what is your heart telling you about it? Some of us, my mind's saying this, but my heart, my heart is leading me towards this person. My heart beats for you. 
And Jesus is like, your heart is deceitful. Your heart's lying to you, actually. Your heart is constantly trying to pull you in all these directions that have nothing to do with me. Your heart is so bad that later on after Jeremiah in Ezekiel, God says this, I will give you a new heart. Not going to even fix the old one. I'm going to just give you a new one. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. The reason that I jumped to, 20, to verse 26 is because it was so connected to the heart. But what he says right before that is, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart. Because your heart has been leading you to impurities and to idols. What are idols? Anything you place above God. So when you're seeking money as your source, that's called an idol. When you choose to be in relationship with somebody, regardless of what God says about it, that is an idol. When you choose to take that job, pursue that career, live in that city, regardless of what God has to say about it, you're going to do it regardless, that is an Anything you place above God is an idol, and your heart is constantly wanting to lead you into idolatry. Your heart is constantly saying, this would be so much better. Isn't life with Jesus hard? Why don't you just go do this over here? Remember when you were in sin? Do you remember how great that was? Has anybody ever had that thought cross their mind? Like, life was so much easier when I was just in sin. Ah, however... Your heart is deceitful. You were miserable. You were miserable in sin. And you said, Jesus, I'm miserable. I need you. Jesus is like, cool. Sink these roots down deep in me. I'm going to give you what you need. So when the heat comes and you're like, the heat? No. I came here because I did not want heat to come. I did not want droughts to happen. And your heart's like, see? See, you got heat on you, <laughs> droughts coming, this is crazy. You should just listen to me, follow me. And God is like, your heart is so messed up, it's so deceitful that I'm going to give you a new one. He was, he was pointing to Jesus. He was talking to a people that were existing prior to Jesus, hundreds of years before Jesus showed up. And he's saying, look, this is the condition you guys are in right now. However, I'm going to bring a savior. Jesus Christ stepped out of heaven onto earth, came in humble, lived life. You know what I learned? I'm just throwing this in because it was an interesting fact that I learned earlier this week. Jesus was from Nazareth. Anybody ever heard of Nazareth? Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nazareth was so insignificant that for years and years, scholars didn't even believe that it actually existed. Eventually, archaeological evidence proved that Nazareth did exist, but it was so insignificant. Nothing happened there. It was a desert land 
There was nothing productive happening there, so much so that people didn't even believe it existed. They didn't even remember it. Jesus, God, came from earth, lived in Nazareth in obscurity for 30 years. With roots down in the source, it did not matter where he lived. Some of y'all would have been like, Nazareth? Nazareth? Oh, I'm not going to live there. Egypt is popping. That's why some of you guys came to Atlanta. <laughs> but Jesus, how many of you guys know he doesn't do things like we do them? He came here and modeled something completely different. He was humble, born in a manger, which means a thing for animals. I don't even know how to describe it. He was born in a barn, but the little thing that, yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. He was born in a manger. It was humble. That's the point. So much so that the, the Jews at the time, they were, they were overlooking so many of the prophecies that talked about him having to come and live a humble life that... They were like, this can't be the Messiah. Some of y'all are like, this can't be what God has for me. I'm supposed to have some type of status. Life's got to be better than this. And Jesus is like, get up on the riverbank. Get on the source. Draw from the source. He has everything that you need, and it's not found in this physical world. Money will not give you what you need. You inside of yourself do not have what you need. That is a lie from the devil that is coming all over our generation, saying just, that's your truth. So many of my friends who don't believe in Jesus are like, bro, you're a pastor, that's so dope. You're living your truth. That's the world that we live in. They're not even mad. They support, and they don't even believe in Jesus. That's your truth. And Jesus came and said, I am the truth. I am the way, not one way, not a way, not a good way, not a better way, not a great way, the way. The source. Plant yourself in me or the other option is you're out in the desert growing for nothing, all in vain. But there is purpose for you in me. An endless source of love, compassion, purpose, significance is found in Jesus. But if you follow just what's going on in here, if you try to look inward to explain the eternal and all that we're a part of, you cannot compute it in your own brain. Your heart will deceive you. But Jesus has what you need. Last thing, of the three areas that are competing with God for your trust, other people are competing with God for your trust. In that scripture in Jeremiah, he starts off by saying, cursed 
are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. To him, it sounds ridiculous. And when you read it, it does. Mere humans over the eternal, everlasting, of ever-loving God. There's nothing for you outside of him, but in him, when your roots, when your trust is planted in him, blessed are those people. You will endure. It says that the leaves never wither. You won't die. There's eternal life for you in Jesus. Even in a drought, you have a source, but other people will compete with God for your trust. Sometimes your friendships compete with God for your trust. Sometimes it's so hard to abandon. That's what it feels like. We're abandoning people. But sometimes people are dragging you to hell. And if you actually go there, you're going to wish that you abandoned them. I'm not saying you have to kick everybody to the curb and be this high and mighty elitist Christian who says, I can't associate myself with you. <laughs> Excuse me. No. We're supposed to love our neighbors. Bless those who curse us. This all throughout scripture. However, there is no person, there is nothing in this world, nothing in this life that should stand in the way of us being up on the source. And when you are around people who are not planted and that's who you surround yourself with, a lot of people talk about Jesus sitting in the company of sinners. Jesus went to dinner with sinners. He did. Jesus spoke with them all the time, told them about the kingdom of God, but the closest people to him were his disciples. He surrounded himself with some people who were going to stay up on the source. Only one of them fell away. Bless you. One of them fell away. The rest of them were up on the source. Jesus knew how to pick friends. Do you? Does your friendship circle reflect trees that are planted along the riverbank, or are you out kicking it in the desert with shrubs? <laughs> ah, that's what, that's what God says in the Bible, though. He says they're like shrubs out in the desert. Choose wisely. Invite people here. God is here. You don't come here for me. You don't come here for this worship band. I got nothing for you but this word. I will point you to the source. I am not your source. This is not your source. This is a tool that God is using to draw you to the source. And we will continue to elevate him above everything and point you to him because he's the source. Do your friends do that to you? Do your friends point you to the source? Do your friends 
point you to Jesus. When you're slipping up, does anybody say something? Yo, you're slipping up, man. How you doing with that? How's your walk going? Or are they, are you slipping up? About time. Let's go party. I have friends like that who are like, oh, okay, you're finally easing up on the Jesus thing. Let's go. I had to eventually learn. I need to be with some people that are planted. Roots are down deep, drawing from the source because there's nothing for me out in the desert. Your relationships, romantic relationships. You need somebody who's planted by the riverbanks, somebody who trusts in God, not somebody who just, I told you guys a story about when I was out here sinning with Jesus in my bio on IG. And I felt guilty. I told you guys, it felt awkward to delete it because I put it up there before I was falling off. I was gung-ho, Jesus. Put Jesus first thing in my bio. That's what I'm about. Then (laughs) I started inching out to the desert but Jesus was still in my bio. I wasn't the guy to enter into a relationship with at that point. My roots were not in the right place. The person that you are with, are their roots in the right place? Are your standards, standards where somebody has to have their roots in the right place? It's not about the fruit that you see. It's not just about what they say. Are their roots in the right place? Is there trust in God? Do they say, oh, yeah, I love Jesus, but their life doesn't reflect it? You might be married. You might be like, bro, I'm married, already chose somebody. Okay, so now you guys are one. Is your tree, your marriage tree, rooted? Where are the roots? Is it devoted to God? It said, he said that you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. Is your marriage devoted to God? Are the finances in your marriage devoted to God? Is the purpose, the trajectory of your marriage devoted to God? Where are your roots? That's the whole purpose of tonight. Tonight's message was called Roots in the River. Because that's where we need to be. Roots in the river. Where are your roots? God says when your trust is in him, it's like planting yourself by a riverbank. And the roots go down deep. The NIV says it sends its roots into the stream. That's beautiful language. Where are you sending your roots? Because your trust, oh, that's in your control. You may not be able to control when the winds come. You may not be able to control when the drought comes, but you can control where you send your trust. So worship team, you guys can come out tonight. It's all about where 
our roots are. We've been in a series called Firestarter, and I thought that it was interesting that God had us talking about fire, and now he has us talking about water. He's in everything. I said, God, we're supposed to be in the Firestarter series, but you're talking all this stuff about water. He's like, I know. Give it to me. This is what we need. Where are your roots? God is saying he needs somebody with roots down in him. Somebody who will put their trust in him because the world will continually tell you to put your trust in whatever they're doing. Put your trust in whatever they're going after. Put your trust in your money. Put your trust in your job is what they will tell you. God is saying all of those things are fleeting. All of those things are temporary. Put your trust in me. I am eternal. I am the only thing that does not change. Put your trust in me. I am the source of everything that you need. I would contend that a life of purpose comes only through a relationship with Jesus. Religion can't do that for you. He says in Isaiah, these people come near to me with their mouth, honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. He's talking about a people who are not connected to him, who have not put their roots down in him. And that's what's dangerous about some religion is it can have you deceived into thinking that your roots are in those true source, but you're still out in the desert because you don't have a relationship. God is saying he wants a relationship with you. A life of purpose is what everybody wants. We've all been placed here. We all wanna do something with what we've been given. Just stay planted put your trust in him. Like I said, that's the only thing that's under your control, your trust. So what's your area tonight? Is it finances? That you're having trouble staying rooted in God because the winds are coming and the heat is coming and the drought is there and you're having trouble keeping your roots down in Jesus? Is it friendships? Are you having trouble stepping away from things that are pulling you away from him? Is it romantic relationships? Are you just responding to the wrong person? Are you settling in your marriage? Have you given up? Have you inched out into the desert where you're just floating out here? Jesus has restoration for you. He says, come to me, all you who are thirsty. I want us to take some time tonight, just in our seats, just some time to meditate on what's going on in our lives and where our roots are. And if your roots are in the right place, great. Talk to him because roots continually seep down and go deeper and deeper and deeper. And you can do that. So the band's gonna lead us in a song as we meditate. What is your area? What are you needing to trust God with? Speak to him about it tonight.